The Xbox Drive is powered by patrons at patreon.com slash Capri, and I want to thank our Diamond executive producers, Slimer Snarf, Jonathan Brown, and Lee Navarro. Our gold members, Xavier Reyes, Tabitha Carroll, Becky Grockmall, Ashley Nicholson, Argo, Gene K, Marcus O'Neill, Ray Sony Pony Martinez, Trucker Sloth, Zach Bradshaw, Skinny Matt, and James Johnson. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car and you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Ryan Turford. He's the man on the moose and on our journey today. We are going to kill all the Nazis with another machine games, but it's Indiana Jones. So let's jump on into the Xbox Drive. Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Hello, Ryan Turford. Uh, it is freezing rain and snowing and sleet and everything. So I'm actually not in my car today. I'm keeping it safe. Uh, we're going to stay in the in the warmth of inside today, my friend. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad that you're, you know, keeping it safe. I mean, yeah, uh, it's very dangerous although- outside. The viewers at home will have no idea, though, Sean, because they didn't have, have any idea you were on the road last week. That's true. The, the special <laughs> effects we have, our special effects department is top notch. And actually, it's amazing that we're going to be talking about Lucasfilm this week, because I would say that some of these um, some some of the effects that you did on our on our video last week were just as good as a as an old Star Wars movie. Aww, special effects from Skywalker. Uh, what is it called? Skywalker Ranch or whatever it's called. Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. Because, you know, we Nailed got it. quite the budget for that, Sean. I exactly. Mean, you know, thanks we're, to patreoncom slash Yumi Capri. Wow, <laughs> little plug there right at the start. We're off to a great start, but Sean, we should segue in because we got a lot <laughs> of stuff to talk about this week. We're gonna clean the garage a little bit, and okay. uh, we got uh, uh, two things to talk about real quick. I'm gonna f- throw the the floor to you in just a second, but first, sure, I will say, of course, if you are watching us on YouTube. Um, if you like what we do and you haven't subscribed already, please consider subscribing youtube.com slash the Xbox drive. If you're listening on the podcast feed, um, we, when we hit 500 subscribers, we will be giving away one year of Xbox game pass ultimate to one lucky subscriber. And all you have to do to enter is subscribe. So what are you waiting for? You may as well. Plus if, if you're listening to this already, you probably like what we do. So, I mean, yeah. it'd be awesome if you uh, watched our videos there. And again, some stuff goes up there first. For example, when we did our game of the year show last week, which is now mm. live on the podcast feed because we did that live. It was on YouTube first. So and we gave away codes too. You never know what's going to happen over there on the YouTube. We, we give away yeah. lots of stuff. Lots of stuff's but, happening. Could be anything, Ryan. It could be anything. Plus, we do live streams as well. Again, my my Resident Evil 2 live stream is going to come to an end uh, tomorrow with uh, Claire A. I'm going to finish the game, uh, yep. which is very exciting. And then, Sean, this segues Ryan. me to my second point, and I'm going to kind of throw this uh, to you. Gaming for Guru is happening this weekend. Sean, what is going on with that? I think I can actually say what's happening now. Uh, they did post on- the schedule, so. The schedule is out. So starting on Saturday, January 16th, um, at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be getting a 24-hour marathon stream in support of Gaming for Guru. We're trying to raise as much money as humanly possible to support uh, the Nintendo Guru, my good friend Bobby Pauls, who made me believe in that I could even do podcasting. Um, He's been in the ICU with COVID-19 since Halloween, and it's an unimaginable amount of time, and I, I cannot imagine how much uh what the medical bills are going to be for him so we've seen a swell of support and surge of support on the gofundme and we're going to have a whole bunch of us streaming 
in his in his support so if you guys want to jump on board you can stream yourself you can contact me but also if you want to donate you can go to bit.ly slash gaming for guru it's all over my twitter it's going to be all over the place this weekend it's also in the show notes too as well show notes as well you can also buy merch as well my t-shirt came in from uh, i got it from Redbubble, but you can also get it from t public so lots of different ways to support gaming for guru Uh, we're gonna have a very it's gonna be an exhausting but very meaningful weekend for for bobby this weekend so i'm excited man and i think ryan you might be um might be tagging along a little bit showing up maybe playing some games with us too yeah, essentially on on Saturday, like you can pretty much count on me pretty much being there the whole time, except yes. for when I have to work because I have to work from three until 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. So I can't be with you guys while I'm working. But uh, when I'm not working, I will definitely be there. So uh, sweet look for us there. And uh, where can they find that, Sean? Um twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. I'm like, which one am I uh, driving to? So yeah, I'm streaming on my personal Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Sean Capri, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday morning. Come hang out all day. And then when I'm done on Sunday, I'm just handing it off to the PSVG guys. I'm gonna, we'll do a raid over there. And there's a bunch of us, man. There's 10 content creators all doing incredible work over the weekend. And I'm just thrilled and honored to be a part of it, man. For sure. And again, uh, the mega dads who are basically um, putting together this event. Um, they actually tweeted out a schedule that we actually retweeted on our Twitter page at the Xbox drive. So if you want to see the full schedule of all the content creators involved as well, um, you can go there and uh, check that out as well. Cause a lot of our friends are also involved with this. So, uh, make sure to support some of their streams as well as, as well as us. Cause uh, we will definitely be there. Mm-hmm. All yeah, day Nint- the Nintendo dads are starting on Friday actually. So there's, yeah, there's all over the Twitter. Like the, the schedule is the best way to look at it on, on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They laid it up pretty clearly with everyone's logos and stuff like yeah. that. Well, Sean, we're going to retur- bring back a returning segment. This We haven't done this in a while, but we got a drive-by shout-out this week, which is oh. basically the tribute to our YouTube uh, comment section. But this is also kind of a question as well, which is the main reason I wanted to include it. This is actually mm-hmm. from Eric Cave. And Eric asks, first of all, he says, I like your predictions for 2021. I think Microsoft purchasing a Japanese developer is a lock. I don't know mm-hmm. if I agree with you, Eric, but we'll, we'll continue on. <laughs> That's what I tried guess- to say. My guess is that once the Bethesda sale uh, is final, another announcement won't be far off. I also think there will be some surprising games at game announcements once the sale is finalized. Mm-hmm. I noticed when you guys talked about what games you were looking forward to in 2021. However, you didn't mention Halo Infinite. I'm curious to know if that was an oversight because it was obvious or are you not as excited about it as I am? It is easily the biggest thing I'm looking forward to in 2021. Thanks for the great episode. You guys rock. So, Sean, there was a very clear reason why I didn't talk about Halo Infinite. It was just because Eric kind of alluded to here where it was a little bit obvious or a little bit too obvious. I kind of wanted to put the spotlight on on some of the other games I was more excited about. Um, So for me, that's kind of why I didn't talk about it. But what, what about you, Sean? Is that with the same lines or, or are you just not excited about Halo? Which I know is <laughs> Well, first of all, what a rock star to like take the time to leave a comment like that. Holy cow, man. Thank you so much. Um, and most definitely, I did feel like it was a, a bit of a given. And, you know, I've been singing praises of, of Halo for a long, long time saying like that it's finally back. It seemed like it was actually cool again. And, and we've got our Halo Saturdays happening every every saturday um so yeah it definitely feels like a bit of a given but i do feel bad for not mentioning it because of course it's a it's a hallmark it's a flagship game that every xbox owner probably should be looking forward to uh later on this year um yeah definitely wanted to highlight some of the other ones but maybe maybe it's just the, um the fact that we have a shorter show and we want to make make time for certain things but i'm glad that he caught it because yeah it's uh i don't want people to think that we are not excited for halo infinite because i am stoked about it man 
Yeah. And actually, when I when I was putting together that thought about uh, asking about uh, our most anticipated games of 2021, um, I had thought about the idea of just mentioning, hey, by the way, um, let's not talk about Halo Infinite. Yeah, there's a few givens. Yeah. But I, I, I forgot to mention that when I was putting that together. So that's naturally why I didn't come up with that. Yeah, but, good call, uh, though. Good call on that, Eric. And again, thanks for thanks for the, the comic, Eric. But until then, Sean, let's grab our A-tracks, pop them in. It's time for the playlist. And uh, we both kind of played the same game this week, which just yeah. got here yesterday. It actually <laughs> uh, arrives for everyone tomorrow or the or sorry, the day you're listening to this, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's on the 14th. And this is our fr- from our friends at Ubisoft. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The game complete edition. Um, what like. I've played the game a ton. I talked about it a lot on the roundabout. Y'all kind of already know my thoughts on the game. I, I really love Scott Pilgrim, the game, um, because I'm actually a huge fan of the Scott Pilgrim um, comics, and I love the movie. Um, so when the game came around, and of course, I'm someone who loves old school arcade games, it being an old school arcade game with Scott Pilgrim, and it just made perfect sense for me. Um, and I just dove in headfirst and, and loved it. But Sean, you just played the game for the very first time, mm-hmm. what do you think about Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Because I'm curious of what you have to say about it. Well, yeah, man. Um, f- my first impression, I remember as soon as I fired it up and I'm like, the first thing I'm going to say about this game is the music is so great. Like the chiptune, arcade style. Very, very, I mean, it's very repetitive like any other arcade game. So it gets locked <laughs> in your head. Like even as we're talking about it, I've got it running in my in my mind soundtrack right now. Really, really cool. Really great style to it. Very hard. I was very surprised yeah. that this game kind of kicked my ass a little bit. Um, and I should be clear as well. I've beaten the first boss and Ryan basically like was sitting here on the, on the Skype call a while. I'm like, hang on. I just want to finish this first boss. Like this just happened. (laughs) I played a little bit late last night. Um, got pretty far into the first level thinking this level is very long. I thought the levels were, uh, I don't I wouldn't say necessarily too long, but surprise, it surprised me and lots Mm -hmm. of different like surprises throughout the levels. Like you can kind of go into these different stores or walk into a door. That's a rainbow. And now you're in this magical land and you're, you're, you're jump kicking, I don't know, piggy banks or something. And by yeah. the way, for people who don't know, this is based in Canada. So I love it. Like the first level, at the very least is the streets of Toronto. Yeah. Is that the well, whole the thing? The whole game is based in Toronto. Sean. Okay. So yeah. you're collecting like your currency that you'll, you'll, I guess I'm paying off video rental loans at some point. And I'm going to be buying yeah. snacks and, and I, I presume upgrading my character as I level up. The currency is Canadian. So I'm picking up yeah. loonies and toonies and, and, and quarters with moose on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wait, do we have moose on our quarters or is it elk? We do. We do. It's a moose, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very it's a very Canadian game, and and again, I, I love that. And again, it's the when you read the Scott because again, it's more based off the the manga of Scott Pilgrim versus right. the movie. So right. when you read that book from Brian Lee O'Malley, it's very much it's a very Canadian manga and it's so very good. and it's all about toronto like um in fact they don't really reference a lot of the places in the game but in the book they they reference places like lee's palace and a whole bunch of different places here in toronto so yeah um it's really interesting to see not all of that but like all the transit buses in the game too are like exactly like the transit man i didn't here. know that yeah like you're running around and all of a sudden like three exclamation points come around and then a bus hits you it's like oh man i gotta i gotta yeah. jump out of the way i'm liking like there's a particular way of playing i think any beat-em-up or brawler right and i'm i'm surprised to see 
the way that the combos are kind of working like i love it like i when i play street fighter i jump in and punch and that's like or or kick and that's not a very good move people can dodge that no problem but it's actually in a very effective way to start a combat in here i jump and i kick and then i i, I uppercut them and then i hit them as they land and i'm throwing whatever objects i can find around there there's the bats and and chairs and whatever basketballs bottles <laughs> it's um it's a good time man the one thing i i want to look forward to maybe touching on uh, before next week's show is a little bit of the online because you and I were just chatting when we were talking about the best games of the year and how many of these type of games didn't have online an online feature and this yeah. is in the year where we're not allowed to go to each other's houses and I mean most of us are friends over the internet anyways games like this will be uh, even more enjoyable I think with uh, with a bit of a co-op option yeah for sure like the Scott Pilgrim game is very much classic arcade difficulty. It's kind of like that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade machine behind me where awesome. it's very difficult to play by yourself. But with if you've got friends, it, the, the difficulty is very manageable. You don't yeah. it doesn't require a lot of coordination or anything like that. And it's just a very pick up and play game. But I do I will recommend if you are playing by yourself and or playing for the first time. Either easy. play with friends locally or try playing online and uh, I definitely play or put it on easy. On, yeah, the, uh, the average show difficulty. Yeah, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that's where I would start with it. So um, and again, it's it's awesome to see that this game more than anything is finally back in people's hands because, yeah, man, uh, this was a fantastic game back on 360 and PS3. And uh, it's a shame that it went away when the license ran out. Um, but now everyone's going to get a chance to finally get a chance to play this game again. Yeah, and, dude. I'm so happy to see it back from the game. Preservationist in me is very excited about the, this game finally coming back. I will say, though, as someone who has played the game before, you're not really getting anything new from this package. Sure. Um, you, there are some up-res visuals, but for the most part, all the content's exactly the same. Um, if you didn't have the DLC back in the day with Wallace Wells and uh, Knives Chow, it is included in this version of the game as well. Um, so there is that to look forward to because I didn't actually have that DLC before. So it's cool to finally get a chance to play it because uh, you weren't able to buy it after like especially the Wallace Wells DLC, I think was only available for like six months. So yeah. if you didn't buy it, then you, you had to forever hold your piece, essentially. So yeah, <laughs> it was so cool. Well, You've beaten it a, a couple of times already. Like you beat it um, or you beat it once or a couple of times. Already I, I beat it once yesterday. just because, again, we just got it last night. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously Scott Pilgrim, the game I've beaten it like multiple, multiple times on 360. So, yeah. um, I'm excited to uh, finally get a chance to play th- like do the online feature. Cause that online feature came, got patched in kind of after I had stopped revisiting the game, um, like super often. So, um, I never got a chance to try it. So I'm actually yeah. really interested to try the online mode this time around, which is just playing the game together. Uh, I think there's also a battle mode too, uh, but I haven't tried that out either, but uh, yeah. that was added after like the Wallace Walls DLC, I think came out. So, but mm. anyways, Sean, let's slam the brakes on this conversation. It's time for some breaking news. And there is a lot of news to talk a little about bit of news. Week. Yeah. A little bit of news, but it's all kind of themed about one theme. So I'm going to start with the first topic, uh, the, the first news story, and that's going to se- kind of segue us along the way to the next one. Disney have announced the return of the Lucasfilm games label, which will bring together all games based on Lucasfilm properties under one banner. Now, for the folks that don't know the history of LucasArts, um, LucasArts actually was the, the the brand that actually housed all of the, the Star Wars and Indiana Jones titles and anything that, that was Lucas based, um, as well as stuff like Full Throttle, um, right. The Dig, uh, Grim Fandango, all under one banner. But actually... It started out as Lucasfilm Games and then became LucasArts, essentially. Like, they changed the name along the way. And right. with that, that logo of the, the the yellow dude with his hand up in the air mm-hmm. uh, that most people will recognize. Um, so it was actually cool <laughs> to see 
Disney actually kind of return the label back to form. Because yeah. essentially when they acquired the Star Wars license, they had dissolved LucasArts. And then that's when they signed the, the exclusive deal with EA. Um, and then that's and we lost that whole history and that whole lineage that was there with, with LucasArts um, after they kind of moved all that stuff out of in-house. So it was cool to see them kind of bring this back. But Sean, I didn't realize that this announcement was going to be huge because it brought us not one, but two new game announcements. So we're going to start with the first one, which is actually you kind of alluded to it in the show's intro. Bethesda have announced a new Indiana Jones game being developed by Machine Games with Todd Howard serving as executive producer. According to Bethesda, the game is still a really far way away, so don't expect any type of details anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, Sean, a new Indiana Jones game? Are you kidding me? Is and this it, real life? Like It what? blew up, man, on Twitter. Like I was, It was actually a bit of a joke. I was scrolling through on my phone, and it was like, I get it, Twitter. Like, everybody's tweeting about this. I couldn't escape it. Like, I actually had yeah. to put my phone down because I was trying to see, like, okay, like, what else is going on in the world? And there was nothing else going on in the world. It seemed to be, like, a perfect day for that to drop. Now, I have to say, Ryan, <clears throat> I'm not a huge fan of the series. Like, I'm not, mm. not going to sit here and pretend, like, I'm a giant Indiana Jones fan. But what I know is just how monstrous an announcement this is and how fun. I feel like I would have more fun playing an Indiana Jones game than actually, like, watching the movies. And that's, I think, mainly based on... Um, playing uncharted like yeah. finally you have an uncharted type of game I, mean, I guess we have tomb raider as well um but dude just a massive announcement coming out of nowhere yeah i it's been so long since an, an indiana jones game has come out that i'd almost forgotten about them doing indiana jones games um for starters the, the for those that don't know the last indiana jones game was indian lego indiana jones 2 which was kind of like based off Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and then uh, Young Indiana Jones Adventures. Um, They also did Lego Indiana Jones before that. Um, We also had a really terrible Indiana Jones game on the Wii, if you can remember that. And of course, right here, I brought a prop on the show, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb on the original Xbox. This was actually a timed exclusive for the original Xbox. And this game's fantastic if you've ever played it. We may be talking about this other show on the uh, uh, that talks about Xbox. Um, what, one thing that was great about this game too, if you've never played it, it is backwards compatible with Series X. So oh snap! You can actually get it from the store because it was part of the all the uh, Lucasfilm games that we got with uh, with the Star Wars games also coming to uh, back compat. So this game is actually out there if you want to get oh, a head start great. playing some Indiana Jones games. And this one actually holds up pretty well. So uh, I'm not going to dive too far into it because well, we may talk about it on another show. But uh, I do think that uh, it is definitely worth playing and uh yeah I'm, I'm not a huge indiana jones fan either i love the original trilogy but nothing for the series outside of that original trilogy has ever worked for me yeah um but i think indiana jones has always been the type of character that's been great for games kind of like spider-man in a lot of ways doesn't it, where, doesn't it seem like a franchise that existed first as a game that they made into a movie and that's the movie you got it certainly seems kind of nonsensical like really <laughs> Well, again, it's like it's it's very much like Tomb Raider uh, when you think about Tomb Raider, where right. it's all about of course. exploration and like mysticism and myth and yeah. kind of those things kind of supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, it's a lot like Tomb Raider in a lot of ways. So it's just funny that we got basically uh, we're now finally getting kind of this big budget Indiana Jones game after getting so many big budget Tomb Raider games that were essentially just knocks on indiana jones right right in a lot of ways or at least that's what the original tomb raider kind of started out as um, and machine games is making it ryan machine games rather than doing another wolfenstein or like we don't really know if they're doing another wolfenstein or if they're dedicated to this like have they split into two teams i'm not really sure how that works 
right? Yeah, we honestly don't know. Um, yeah. I would, if I was to hazard a guest, I would say they're taking a break from Wolfenstein for a while because it's probably Young for the Blood, best. I think kind of uh, wrapped up most of the story ends. I think, in, but in I think Young Blood was made by some. Wasn't that made by some? Was that Machine Games or did somebody else actually develop? Well, they, it was Blood. like co-developed with Machine Games and other companies. Right. But I'm, I'm right. saying, from as far as the Wolfenstein story is concerned, yeah, they can doing like can yeah, a full reboot or something like that. I think that they're kind of taking a break from that. So yeah, um, yeah, it's in, it's cool to see Machine Games doing something different. That excites me more than anything. Although I am curious to see what kind of game this is going to be. Yeah. Um, whether it is a third person action adventure game in the style of Tomb Raider or Uncharted, mm-hmm. or if they try and do like a first person Indiana Jones games, because again. Machine Games is mostly known for being a first-person studio, so right. it would be weird. It would be almost as weird as it, uh, id doing a third-person game. Of course, um, yeah. Like Machine Games as well, because they, they, they are famous for doing all the Wolfenstein games, so they're, they're known for first-person shooters. So um, I'm interested to see what kind of game this is, because, again, we all we know is that this game is very far away, and we don't know literally anything about else about it so did um, we get any I, questions about i have a question for you but i i am anticipating that somebody might have asked a question about about this announcement so we got an, a question about this announcement but not about the announcement itself more about the exclusivity with bethesda yes games. but uh yes. did you want to segue to that that is exactly what i was going to ask you like what what do you think about that but yeah let's bring people into the carpool real quick of course so come on in friends uh we got plastic heart podcast at plastic heart pod <laughs> they ask with machine games working on a new Indiana Jones game and it possibly uh, starting before the Bethesda Microsoft acquisition, do you think with Deathloop being multi-platform, what year will we finally see exclusive Xbox Bethesda games? And uh, honestly, Sean, when they asked this question, first of all, with this game, I think this game should be thir- uh, multi-platform because yeah. of the timing of it. Um, it was probably in development well beforehand. Um the one curious thing when this was announced, though, was that Microsoft retweeted the announcement, but PlayStation said nothing about it. Yeah. So you never know. That could be a sign that maybe it isn't coming to PlayStation or maybe it is a Times exclusive. Um, and it, it, if it is exclusive to Microsoft at all, I think it will only be a timed exclusive and not a full exclusive to that platform, I think. Just because, again, of the timing of things like this has probably also been in development I'm guessing for a while, like even before this announcement was made, um, which was, again, well before um, the, the Microsoft acquisition. So, sure. I mean, you never know. But yeah. I mean, what mo- I think more than anything, what this means, though, is it's probably going to be day and date with Game Pass, which is very yes. exciting for me because I'm excited to play this game. But what do you think, Sean? I think you're right. I think that part is a lock. I just love when things like this happen and all of a sudden, like all these uh, ar- the armchair quarterbacks come out and go like they're they're masters and, and experts in license deals. Like, well, actually, the way that it works is if this happens before this and that like you don't really know, like you don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, if maybe there's a way that somebody when you buy out a company, like you're able to buy some of their some of the deals like it's I don't know, like who nobody knows. But I think yeah, it just really is, just depends on like if there were like uh, uh, contracts already signed with the platforms ahead of time. Right. Um, but again, obviously, I'm not a legal expert or anything like that. Yeah, this neither am I. Like, I have no idea. I feel like anything is possible, especially because of how early it is. Now, I think a better question, honestly, is like, what would you want? Like, what's what's the best, I guess? Like, what's the best situation Um, for Xbox? Like, would they want to have this go exclusive? And so they have Indiana Jones and Sony has like Uncharted and everything else. Or is it is it still in their best interest to have the games be multi-platform and just make all the cash off all the copies they sell? 
Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I guess it really just depends on, you know, what Microsoft favors more, whether it's selling, like getting exclusive games for the platform or just making money off the games. Because, I mean, Microsoft has really shown us so far that they're more concerned about um, like making more money and getting kind of get their games everywhere and less about hoarding exclusives. Yeah. Um, And that's that's the other reason why I'm like. If it was already in develop for for PS5, I don't think they're going to throw away that development time that was put into the PS5 version, um, because I think that it would it might make more financial sense to to make it a it might be enough of an exclusive just to say, hey, by the way, you could pay eighty dollars for this game, or you can play it on Game Pass day one. Mm-hmm. Like I think that might be enough of an exclusive for them to to win some people over, and maybe they're fine with that. So yeah, I think uh, you're I think you're right about that. I I, I just get a little bit um, I don't know what the word is, but I kind of want them to just be a little bit more aggressive on it because I think that the yeah. heart of the question that's being asked is like when do we start to see some of these exclusives happen? And it's like if if it is the case where if a deal is made and like it has to be cross platform and microsoft has only acquired some of these studios fairly recently then yeah it's gonna be a long time before people finish that game that has been signed for that is released and then they start on the next game so yeah i'd like to have them find a way to create a little bit more of a draw i think that's a it's a great draw to say um like a poll to say you can pay for it over here but it's free here on game pass i just don't know if that is resonating as strongly as like it makes complete sense to me i would not want to pay for a game somewhere else if i can get it on game pass but people are still playing in other places so i think i'd like to see them be a little bit more aggressive to say come over here yeah and more than anything i think less about the deals thing and more about how far this game is into development because even though they've said it's it's going to be a while before we see it again you never know. This could yeah. be a next year game. And if it is, stop. Again, Don't it set people's expectations like that. This game's no, like I'm six say, years I, away. I'm just saying like, I'm saying hypothetically, like yeah. what, if, what if it is right? So, um, if it is, then obviously it would, they, if it was far enough into development where like, there's like a playable version already on PlayStation or on other platforms. I mean, you never know. It could come to PC and switch or whatever platform, other platforms they want to put it on. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, machine games has put lots of stuff on switch. So, um, I think that, if that's the case, then they, they're not going to throw that development time probably out the window. So, well, I'm more worried about like Harrison Ford. I hope he stays healthy <laughs> long enough that he can like I don't know if there's some sort of performance recording that they've got to do with him and get him engaged. But I hope that he's like a star of the show at the very least yeah. uh, at the voice acting level. Yeah, exactly. Especially because I mean I don't know how many more Indiana Jones games he's going to have in him. So I mean this it would be the perfect time to have him mm-hmm. be part of it. Although he is making a new Indiana Jones movie, Sean. They're they're making Indy Five. Let's right do it now. at the same time. But for right for right now. So you never know. I mean, that's that's the other reason why I'm also thinking that maybe this has been in development for a while, because that movie, again, has been in development for a while, too. So I mean, just have a t- classic tie in the, the movie, yeah. the Indiana Jones, the movie, the game. Let's have that. Well, they, have they to probably watch originally plan for them to be. They probably wanted to have them out by the same year. So sure. If the maybe. movie's coming out next year, then they probably want the game out at the same time. So, yeah. Uh, well, next up, we got this one kind of out of nowhere this morning, Sean, which kind of relates to uh, the same story, which is Disney have also announced that Ubisoft is working on a new Star Wars open world title that is being developed by the division developer Massive Entertainment. Shut up. I didn't know this. I've been in meetings all morning. I did not see that. I was going to ask you if this whole return of LucasArts is, does that mean that EA no longer has exclusivity to Star Wars? Oh my God, that's awesome. So this was actually hinted at that. So there was actually a full announcement blog over on um, the Star Wars website, which I've actually linked to in the show notes if you want to. I'm so glad you do the show Um, notes. (laughs) But 
as part of this announcement, they did talk about how EA is still making Star Wars games. And it they didn't say that the exclusivity agreement, which is supposed to run out in 2023, is going to is is prematurely cut or anything like that. It's more than likely that this game is probably not going to come out until 2023 at this point. Right, that, right. Wh- right when that exclusivity window comes up, that that this game will be out essentially. But, wow. Um, but EA, they already said in the announcement that EA is still working on multiple Star Wars titles still. So, sure. Like I, I, I anticipate that Fallen Order 2 is still a thing. I was going to say, yeah. Um, either a, a sequel to Squadrons or even a Battlefront sequel. Battlefront can come back. Yeah, I think Battlefront can continue on. Yeah, so I, th- I think those those are the three things that are probably still in development. EA, okay, wait, what what type of game is this again? I got I got a little blinded by it, just this whole all Ubisoft we know thing. Is a, is a open world open Star world. Wars game <sighs> being made by the Division folks? Oh That's my it. gosh, it's That's perfect. All we know it's perfect. Oh, give it to me now. That's awesome news, dude. Holy cow! I figured you of all people would be very excited about this. I love Sean. the Division. That what a great studio. Holy crap! That's great. So. What this w- does kind of mean to me, though, and what this kind of signals to me is that the Division 3 is not happening. That's okay. Or if it is, it's not anytime soon. That's okay. Um, especially because we also know that Massive Entertainment, the same studio, is also working on an, an Avatar game. They announced that back in, like, oh, right. 2018. Because we talked about it on my old podcast, and we were, like, dumbfounded that that was even an announcement. Yeah, just scrap it. Yeah, well, I mean, you never know that it'll Maybe come up well with this. They did talk about it at the time with that. They planned that that game is going to come out the same time as the next Avatar movie comes out, so, <laughs> which is probably like nebulous. 2024 at this point. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for this announcement. I'm really excited to see what a studio outside of EA can do with this. But all of that, I think this really signifies uh, uh, an infinite number of possibilities of new star wars games that no could come kidding. out like you never know we could see like a, a like the star wars license go to a racing studio and they could do a, a sequel to pod racer or we could see just a bunch of different ideas from star wars kotor uh, 2 man bring it on but Co- uh, wait I mean, was there already a kotor 2 there's already a kotor 2 that was yeah, done KOTOR by obsidian 3. so you never know obsidian oh, could come snap. back oh and do my gosh that would be 3. awesome that yeah, would be amazing but uh, i mean they're already working on it about so it's probably not going to happen but how cool would that be so yeah i'm really interested to see what happens with star wars going forward because i think this is an exciting time because ea no doubt as much as i liked the fact that they were kind of turning things around with star wars games uh, obviously there's only so many different molds they could kind of fill within ea of different star wars titles Mm -hmm. and they only seem to really want to experiment a little bit with the star wars brand whereas now that you've opened it up to every studio that wants to, to pitch a star wars game I really think that we could see some really inventive and new ideas come out of Star Wars, which is stories. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the great things about the Lucas uh, Lucas Arts brand was we got so many different takes on Star Wars. We had Mm -hmm. Star Wars chess. We had Star Wars point and click games. We had Star Wars Republic (laughs) Commando, which was like a squad based shooter. The (laughs) flamethrower. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think that I'm, I'm happy to see them going kind of more in that direction again with Star Wars. Big time. Oh, I'm so glad you told me that. Yeah, no, I know. The internet blew up this morning about it, too. Like, oh, it, man. You thought, I, I'm actually amazed you uh, didn't see this because uh, like, talking about not being able to escape the news. I couldn't ex- escape this news this morning. Uh, next up, we're going to stick with Star Wars and go to this story. My God. Jedi Fallen Order has received a new performance patch targeting support for Xbox Series X and hey. X. The Xbox Series S will now see a locked frame rate at 60 frames per second. It was only 45 
frames per second before on the console. And then Series X will also see a 60 frames per second performance mode with a dynamic resolution between 1080p and 1440p. It kind mm. of like fluctuates between them depending on what's going on on the screen. There will also be a 30 frames per second normal mode where you'll see post-processing in 4K with a dynamic resolution between 1512p and 2160p, which is 4K. So that yeah. patch is live right now. So essentially consider this pretty much your mm. next-gen version of Jedi Fallen Order out there right now if you've never played it again it's on game pass which is the beautiful thing oh yeah holy cow what a deal exactly well last news story that i wanted to touch on and this one uh both uh, both hit us in the fields because it's a very canadian news story microsoft have announced a new series x controller color the pulse red controller it's red and white just like canada is sean can you believe it or poland But yeah, Polish and Canadian friends can can unite. I'm sure there's another red and white ish um, flag oh. out there. Yeah, man, it looks really cool. I I have to say, I I still have my eyes on the on the blue one, and I do want to know when are they going to open up Design Labs. I I don't want to like poo poo this announcement because it does look really sweet, and I love the controllers that they've got out there. I just yeah. can't help but like I just know that Design Labs is coming back, so I just go like mm, maybe I'll just hold off on this a little bit. But goodness gracious, sweet yeah. controllers coming out already. Yeah, I, that that controller looks hot. I don't know if I'm going to pick one up because, again, I already have the white, the black and the blue one. So yeah. I don't know if I need another Series X controller, but uh, I don't know, man. There, there's something about the like picking up each one of each of the controllers that is very appealing for me. So it reminds me of the 64 controllers. Like I like these primary like these bright primary colors that they have. Like, you know, you, you had obviously yeah. the gray one that came with the 64, but you like the yellow and the green and the blue and the red were awesome on 64. This is definitely giving me feels for that. Yeah, that's more of the type of thing you usually see from Japanese companies. But uh, um, like we didn't see a ton of experimentation on Xbox One, but Xbox 360, like there are so many different controller variants that I wish uh, I loved. I I wish that they did more of this. I feel like there was a lot on Xbox One there, especially they went deep into camo and everything. I feel and they had like all the different fades and stuff. And I forgot about that. Yeah, no, I think they had a lot. And then you saw those all those different sort of ideas and themes make their way into design labs quite a bit, which yeah. was pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, you could make your own controller and make it as goofy as you wanted to. Exactly. Like, it, like every color if you want to do with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of different uh, patterns and make it look really ugly. But, John, let's right. let some of our friends into the car with us. It's time for the carpool. Come on in, everybody. Um, we're going to start with Blaze Knight at Blaze Knight 0923. He asks, with the announcement of Indiana Jones by Machine Games, what is one non-gaming origin IP that you would love to see in a video game? Um, and who would you like to make it? What gameplay style would it be? And what role should Vin Diesel play in said <laughs> game? Sean, do you have a, 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 like a non-video game property that you would love to see in video game form that hasn't seen a video game yet? This is a tough one. I, I, this is the first time I'm hearing the question. So I'm curious if you have anything, maybe something will come spring to mind for me. So for me, again, a lot I've talked about this on previous shows because we've gotten similar types of questions to this one before. There isn't really a property, I think, that hasn't gotten a game that I would love to see a get get a game. Um, there are a couple of games that I would love to see, though. For example, I would love to see a Ghost in the Shell game because I'm actually a huge fan of the Ghost in the Shell anime and TV series. Um, we've seen Ghost in the Shell games on PS2 and the PSP and they're first person shooters. But I would love to see like a modern take on that, like from a triple A team, like almost like a machine games or id software take on, on something like ghost in the shell, which is a very like cyberpunk shooting experience. Like I would love to see mm-hmm. that type of thing from, uh, 
from that. Otherwise, obviously, you need to do another Fast and Furious game. Or uh, I'd love to see another, like, take it Chronicles of Riddick. Because even though Starbreeze is not really the studio that it is now, I think another studio could really, you know, take the ball with with Chronicles of Riddick and run with it. Um, Yeah. Because I think that universe is really great for lore, even though the movies themselves are not great. Um, So I think that that may not be another option, but otherwise I think most of the, most of my normal options have already been taken again. My dream game, alien isolation has already been made. Nice. And then nightmare on Elm street. Again, I've talked about it in the show before, but that would be a game that I would love to see, uh, a franchise. I would love to see, get it like a modern interpretation yep. in a video game. Uh, but ha- did you uh, come up with anything, Sean? I've got something way out of left field here. Um, anybody who, you know, grew up maybe around the same time as us and maybe a little older, uh, remembers an era of movies, of uh, the mafia movies, the, the gangster movies, all of the Joe Pesci, the Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, all of these movies. And Casino was one of my favorite movies growing mm. up. The two tape VCR v- VHS uh, set. And it was so intense that this notion of like these gangsters moving into Vegas and setting up their casinos and really trying to take over. What I think this movie can be in a game is a tycoon movie or a tycoon game, <laughs> kind of like a roller coaster tycoon or a Sim yeah. City or something. So you, you you control Las Vegas. It's probably it was at Maxis that makes those games, I think, yeah. or um, maybe almost like a Sid Meier's type of idea as well. That you have like the civilization elements of the battling them, all the different warring factions and people coming in trying to take over your stuff and you, you're upsetting these people and you're going a little bit too far. I think that would be really cool to have all the different like personalities come out, but you're still kind of like managing like what you're doing with every all the casinos and all the different ways that Robert De Niro's character kind of goes a little bit <laughs> crazy in the end. He gets a little ahead of himself. He gets wrapped up in his own ego. I think it's a great story. It's a great premise. Vegas is just, I think maybe should be explored more in games. Um, and yeah, that's my answer. I think Casino the Game. A, so a essentially roller coaster tycoon but with gangsters exactly that's, that's mm-hmm. a great you're welcome you can have that one for free i love it all right next up we got todd oxtra at toxtra he asks do you think we'll see any xbox streaming events before e3 for announcements or updates it seems like we need some of that excitement to carry us through 2021 and so far it is really really quiet and i agree with you todd i mean Right. We talked about it kind of on our um, prediction show that really there's not a lot of Microsoft uh, games coming out anytime soon. I don't think there's a ton of stuff to look forward to specifically on Xbox that's exclusive to that platform or like timed exclusive coming up with the exception of stuff like the medium or uh, near uh, near uh, replicant Replicant. or some other games. Um, So I'm curious to see when they'll do that. I think, though, typically... I would say we're probably waiting till probably in March. I'm guessing before hearing about like at the earliest, maybe about some of these games. I think if they wanted to talk, they would have probably talked this week during CES because CES is actually currently going on right now. Yeah. Um, and a lot of uh, we're getting a lot of game announcements from CES that are not even co- that are not necessarily console games. But um, and we usually see like if there are any early in the year announcements, they usually happen on CES week, which is why we're seeing the Star Wars announcements right now, too. So, right. That makes sense. Um, I'm I'm curious to see when Microsoft talks, but I anticipate probably not till March. But what do you think about this, Sean? Well, I think you're you're probably right about that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not going to be anything to be excited about on Xbox. I think from a week to week or even month to month basis, we're going to have um, Game Pass stuff coming, right? So yeah. it'll either be something Shadow Drops that'll be the thing to be looking forward to, or something uh, like Final Fantasy VII Remake. We know is coming to Xbox at some point this year, 
is that something that will land on game pass that that remains to be seen so yeah. um yeah it even as i say that it's like that's not quite what todd is looking well, for that's i don't what think I mean. yeah that that's what i meant almost by like mm-hmm. not big announcements because i mean if we would have seen a big announcement from microsoft before march we probably would have seen it this week i think so um yeah i'm i'm hesitant to think that we're gonna get anytime, anything anytime soon i am actually really excited though for the final fantasy 14 event that's happening next month because i also think that's when we're gonna get like the final fantasy 14 xbox announcement um like the, the release date for that so that's yeah. another thing to look forward to um but yeah you're right like nothing like earth shattering from microsoft coming probably between now and then i think um and last question from edward varnell at that retro code he asks if streaming is being if streaming is taken away due to copyright infringement will the game market hurt worse than streamers or vice versa and i think what he's referring to is kind of dmca takedowns on streamers mm-hmm. um, for example especially with that no, new law in the states being put in where essentially if you like break dm uh, uh like if you get a dmca strike you can actually go to prison for that yeah for some reason um but sean I put this question in here for you specifically because you're a streamer. You stream way more than I do. So uh, more than anyone, I would love to hear your take on uh, the answer to this question, I think. I wonder about this quite a lot. I feel like in a way, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the old days of when people would bootleg VHS tapes and you'd have that warning. Of course, it was a federal crime to bootleg the tapes. A lot of people did it anyways. Now, this is quite a bit more yeah. public. You can just go on Twitch and see who's streaming what. Um, it was, I think, a little bit harder to enforce that whole bootlegging thing. I, I don't know what to make of this, honestly. And I this is where the whole like make an example out of somebody happens because I feel like until something, like until the hammer drops on someone, then a lot of people are maybe have the same attitude that I do. Like, I don't know how to navigate this space yet. Like I don't, I understand that there are certain copyright rules or certain things I need to be careful of, but I, I don't think that I have like a clear yes to this, no to this, right? Because you can just fire up a stream and it broadcasts live. There's no check. There's no nothing. So I'm just not, I'm not sure. And I don't know if I want a set of check boxes to, to go over to say like, I understand that this is whatever, like, I don't want to sign an agreement every time, but I don't know. We, this is a, this is a burgeoning market and it's, everything is new. We're all trying to figure this out. So I think we're still a ways away from it actually impacting anything because nothing has changed as far as I know. Like, I feel like nobody has changed their behavior at all. So until that happens and I'm, then we'll see. But yeah, the only thing that's really changed is like VODs are being taken down from Twitch, for example. Exactly. If they, if they have like copyright strikes, kind of like YouTube is, because yep. YouTube has been doing that for years. And there's a clear outline on YouTube as to what's allowed and what's not allowed. But Twitch doesn't really have anything like that. But they've never had to worry about that before, mm-hmm. uh, before this lit- litigation came in. Um, for me, what I think this means more than anything is just game designers are going to implement streamer mode more often than not that will basically disable certain things that will trigger this type of thing from happening for example turning the music off or um if there's like video clips that they use from like movies they've licensed out or something like that they'll like have an option to turn that stuff off like i think but before people start getting charged for this i think that game makers are going to adjust to this and they're going to patch games to have like a streamer mode that you can check off in the options that removes all these features or basically disables anything that might be problematic. I think, I think Especially that's because cyberpunk yeah. did that too. I think that's a good so. call. And we have seen that where copyrighted music is removed, honestly, and this might be a really unpopular opinion, but I would be open to paying like a small fee to stream. Like, yeah. you know, just to gain, just so that there's no, so, it, and that would go towards like whatever, whatever royalties I would have to pay if it's 10, 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month or something like that. And that allows me to just not to worry about this stuff. If it becomes that serious and I, 
I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I, just, I would just not want to worry about it. And then I can stream like all the copyrighted music I can stream. And then it would just like identify like which ones that I use. And those people get their, their money. Like it's just, that's what it all, it, all this is, is anybody getting their dues. So if, if I can be a part of making sure that that happens and as far as I'm concerned, that's okay. But I know not a lot of people are, are in favor of a solution like that. Yeah. For sure. Anyways, we gotta go, my friend. So before we, we go, Sean Plugs go. You can find me on Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean the Connery Capri like the pants. I'm streaming quite a bit at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. And by the way, the audience has spoken. I will be playing Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, uh, at least for the next little while. And it was chosen by the vote of the the, the amazing bracket. Uh, so find me on twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. And if you like the show, even just a little bit, you can toss a buck our way at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. Very nice, my friend. As from you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. That's T-U-R-F-O-R-D. You also find us on Twitter at the Xbox Drive or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash the Xbox Drive or on podcast services around the globe. So for Sean Capri, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 173 of the Xbox Drive, and we out. I knew almost nothing about this episode going into it, so I'm glad Ryan did all the show notes, and I'm really excited about every single one of the announcements that we talked about, including the Star Wars stuff, and also the Indiana Jones stuff, and also the other Star Wars stuff, and also the things that we talked about in the carpool, and Ryan ran out of gas on the bot, and I did this for a really long time, and let's see if people like it. Bye!